Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. There's two stories today that caught my eye, both about the perception of Irish people abroad. And actually, the first is this video mocking Nadine Coyle's distinct Derry accent. It's gone viral. I'd never really thought of myself as kind of a beach girl. I may have thought I'm a city girl, but I am. I'm both. But this, to me, there's just something so special about living so near to a beach and having the water nearby. It's, it's amazing. That's the offending clip. It's racked up more than a million views on TikTok. There's 91,000 likes to it on the social media site. And of course, bucket loads of comments, all taking aim at Pernadine's accent. But anyway, she responded to it at a gig in Manchester. Hey, don't we get a wild rough time having a dairy accent? So what if I like the beach and the city? Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Fair play to her. Um, the other story today too though, Ardlo Hanlon, like the Father Ted star, and he's talking about the fact that he was offered a role years ago now, back in the 90s, um, in Thomas the Tank Engine. And he was asked to play Patrick, who was the cement mixer. But he, he said he was offered the role, he felt, because of his accent and Irish stereotypes. And he didn't take it. He turned down the gig. But I want to know today, like, what sort of stereotype or how do you feel you've been perceived when you're abroad and what sort of things have people said to you I mean what are your experiences 53106 is the number if you want to share them with us on the programme today uh, Danny is on the line in Berlin Danny have you ever had to deal with this? How are you doing Andrea? Good uh, Happy birthday I believe last week it was your birthday wasn't it? <laughs> it sure was yeah there's the beauty oh, of social fantastic. media for you now <laughs> well look look I was on the beach last week in, in Rosnaila and this week I'm back in, in the city so I'm a beach boy and a and a city boy <laughs> yeah you know but um, you know look regarding uh, stereotypes I've had it on and off kind of over here for the last you know I've been here 12 years so I mean I think this is more more of a problem really with, with social media to be honest Andrea I think you know social media is a sort of a it, anybody can sort of go up and say anything really mm. like and there's, there's there's no policing it really and no. I think that's probably more or less the, the where this real problem lies you know What sort of stuff have people said to you in Germany? Look um, I was chatting to Ross earlier on and he like I just kind of briefly said to him like mostly we would get sort of you know drinking and you know leprechauns and uh, this kind of stuff over in Germany you know it wouldn't really be as such, mocking our accents, because they wouldn't really have a notion of accents. I think, uh, to be honest with you, I, I reckon this probably comes, uh, the the article with Nadine, probably comes from within, inside the country itself, because yeah. people would uh, people would sort of comment on different people people's accents. You know, I get a lot, I get asked a lot if I'm from Cork. <laughs> Cork? If I'm from Monaghan. Yeah, nobody really sort of ever says to me, "Oh, you've you've a, you've a strong Donegal accent," yeah. you know, which I I think I have, and I, I haven't lost it, you know. But yeah, it's a it's a strange one. But I really think that this lies with with social media. Within, it's just a yeah. it, it, it Anybody can go up and say anything about anybody, you know. I wish I had the formula to go up there and get a million views, you know. Um, let me bring in Paddy as well, Danny. Paddy's in the line in Wicklow. Um, have yeah. you ever experienced, or you know, how do you think we're perceived abroad? Uh, hi, Andre, and happy birthday. Well. I'm not on social media. I didn't, wait, uh, it's um, all right, though. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I said in my email there, and I was chatting to Ross earlier. Um, I would have experienced uh, some stuff uh, when I worked for UK Directory Inquiries in Dublin, and uh, sometimes they would say to me, "I'd use the name Patrick instead of Paddy because I was conscious of the." This is probably in the early noughties, and uh, they would say. Some people would say, "Where are you going to plant your next bomb, Paddy?" You know, right. to me when they would hear my accent. You know, yeah, and uh, you know, I wouldn't really respond. I just say, "I know where you live." <laughs> right back. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, my my dad would have experienced that in London in the in the late sixties, early seventies. You know, the no blacks, no dogs, no Irish type thing. Um, but it was kind of understandable in a way because of the troubles that were going on at the time, you know, and he never really um, made too much about it. Mm. You know, maybe we've got into one or two scrapes over it, but um, I was just listening to Nadine. I thought she was quite coherent. I could understand her perfect, <laughs> but then again, I, I was saying as well, I, sometimes there's Donegal accents, you know yourself, that you might not uh, understand yourself. <laughs> um, like I have a cousin who lives in Stranorder uh, and everything is, all right, sir, and how are you doing now, sir? Yeah. And, you know, and... So there's such a very I love accents, you know. And I was uh, I was saying in my email, I have a neighbour here from Kerry, you know, and I work with people from Dublin and neighbours from Dublin and Wicklow, and we'd be taking the Mickey out of each other's accents the whole time, you know. Uh, and that's the I thing, think, though. We we yeah. probably all are, and that's your point as well, Danny. Like we're that's, we're we're that's pretty, what I said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. pretty. Yeah. We're all pretty probably a little little bit guilty of this, aren't we? Yeah, probably we are. It's funny. I was in Germany. Uh, my cousin's married to a German girl in Kiel, and uh, so I can understand where Daddy's coming from. Yeah, they they would have no notions of accents really in Germany, but uh, you know they were uh, um, <laughs> at her her fortieth birthday a few years back, and uh, we were my cousin. They were always take, making jokes about the Second World War, even with the Germans, you know, and uh, nothing too crazy. Like, but you know, saying. Oh my God, Keel and Hamburg. There's lots of new buildings there, aren't there? What happened? Right. You know, what oh. happened? So, <laughs> so it always reverts back to to um yeah I know back to nearly kind of years ago more so than probably mod- modern times as well. Uh, Joseph is with us too. Um, I can't believe this. You actually you take the mick out of the Donegal accent, Joseph. Just on occasion, when <laughs> it needs to be. <laughs> when it needs to be. Why is that? That's it. Ah no, sure. It's a bit of crack, you know. Yeah. Um, sure, like uh, previous lad there, it's fun to have a bit, bit of crack with people there. So I, I get a bit of a, a dub accent. I'm living in me these days, so I get a bit of, bit of hassle about a dub accent. So I have a couple of friends and and local GA club there uh, who be Donegal lads or whatever. So they're, they're a bit of crack get, getting them to say things like yards and girls and cares. Yeah, actually funny, somebody texted in about that um, earlier, <laughs> asked somebody from Donegal uh, to say the, the the guards and the girls in the car. Um, that's obvious, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you've obviously had the action trained out of you there. I know, well that's you, well you polished. The y. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, there, there's definitely words, wild and uh, what do I usually get slagged for? Wild oh, yeah, crack, tr- is it? Wild crack, yeah. Everything is wild. <laughs> Everything is wild. Um, yeah, and even uh, trade union is one of mine, actually. U-N-I-O-N. That's, uh, <laughs> that's one where usually I face a, a lot of slagging, actually, from people about that. But it, when you, like, it's it's normally well enough received, though, Joseph, is it? Ah, yeah. Like, I, I kind of, I, I, I try and know someone before I be given a few which hassle. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all of it. Just and to being be able fair, to have a bit of fun about it. Know, like, and, being able to, and you have to be able to take it as well. Like, I've, I get it a bit. And when I come back to Dublin, I get hassled being a coach. And I go 
there and where I'm living now and I get half by being a dog. So. Yeah, well, I was going to ways. say, to be fair to the dubs now, you, you know, you, you, you do get your fair share of it. Sometimes I think it's just uh, Donegal and border region people, but I think the dubs get a, a fair um, a fair bite of it as well, by all accounts. Jill is with us in Cork. I mean, Jill, what's your experience? My experience, oh, Andrea, I worked on the cruise ship back in my 20s an international gang and everything. I was the only Irish person on the ship for about four months. And every morning I walked into the purser's office to be greeted with, top of the morning to you, 33 and a third. Uh, is it Thursday or Wednesday or what day of the week is it at all? And I have to... If it was now, I'd be jumping up and down screaming racist discrimination. But at the time, I just took a deep breath every morning for about four months walking into the office. It was yeah. awful. <laughs> Went on for four months every day. Yeah, every single. It was relentless and it was hilarious, of course, as far as they were concerned. But sure, you couldn't say anything because it would just be worse then. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it was awful. Nearly easier to just ignore it and move on. Deep breath into the office, take it and then move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thought it was manky. It was really horrible. (laughs) You didn't enjoy your time then? (laughs) No, but I'll never forget the night once... um, this man came on from Fermanagh. He was the first Irish person I'd spoken to in about four months. And we talked for about four hours with no messing. No, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just the relief of having somebody from my own country without taking the mickey out of me every five minutes, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I yeah. know. I know. That's it's the flip side of it. Yeah. It's funny because Colchi is a common one that's coming in here in the text line today from people, you know, just because they're from Ireland, they're referred to as a Colchi. But then I think even, you know, within Ireland, we refer to people from different counties as being Colchis. Absolutely, but slagging each other within the country is different than getting it from everybody else. Is the world. it? I Jill. think so. It's a bit of crack. It's a bit of banter. You can have a bit of a laugh, I think, because my situation, it wasn't one bit funny. It was very isolating. Yeah. And, and they all thought they were hilarious at my expense. Do you know what I mean? I know. Yeah. Now... 30 years on, I'd have put my foot down, you know? I know, yeah. yeah. It's ma- you yeah. still remember it, obviously, quite uh, oh, accurately. It. So it's, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. Ida's in the phone too, from Hong Kong. Ida, what's your experience? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, uh, firstly, like like that, about 25 years ago, um, I was working in England as a barmaid. And uh, at that time, we got quite a lot of comments about, you know, where's your bomb? Uh, where you know where's your whiskey? Where's your bottle of whiskey? So there was a lot of those kind of comments at that time. Um, but now, like I said, I'm in Hong Kong and I've been in mostly living in Asia for about twenty years, mm. and it's quite different. I absolutely never, you know, get those kind of comments. Never, not once. So I think here, what happens to me is that people often they don't know the difference between Ireland and England. So get quite a lot of confusion about that, or sometimes Ireland and Iceland. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe people think it's it's very cold. <laughs> um, and then uh, recently, I was quite surprised. I was talking to an English friend of mine, and you know she's well educated and everything. Yeah. And you know we we're talking about Brexit, and you know, I guess I, she was telling me how she voted and then she turned to me and she asked me, how did I vote in Brexit? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so I was a bit, I was a bit stunned. I was like, yeah. 
Well, I, I didn't vote because I'm not a British citizen. I don't have a vote. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I just, I couldn't even hardly speak. Yeah, I was quite stunned. So I suppose so, the, the um, stereotypes so yeah, from... That's, that's, no, I was going to say the stereotypes from years ago, and it's the same I can see from the text coming in, mainly seem to be kind of, you know, drink and uh, and the troubles are, are a lot of them. But I mean, for you now in Hong Kong, it's um, it's the not being able to d- decipher between England and Ireland and probably you're sort of in with the, the European. Yeah, they just kind of think, oh yeah, British, UK, they don't really All the wish that Ireland is yeah. a separate country yeah so I think that's um, that's probably the biggest thing I've come up against Shane is texting in Kerry and he says I hate the taste of beer and I won't drink it but I travel abroad a lot for different events and conferences there's always social events for people you meet from the likes of Germany Holland, Denmark etc who want to get you a beer and when you decline and ask for a gin and tonic instead they make such a thing about an Irishman not drinking beer. Happens all of the time, says Shane and Kerry. Uh, this listener says, when I worked in Australia in the mid-80s, my British boss used to call me Irish in the most condescending tone. I was too young and stupid to pull her up on it at the time. This listener, controversial, every accent, every accent outside of Dublin is horrendous, especially the Dundalk accent, says this texter. Denise is on the line. Denise, what's your thoughts on this? Hiya, how are you? How are you? Um, yeah, I just had experience on, on both sides with the accent thing. I suppose here we listen to people's accents and we think, oh, you know, these, these foreigners, can't, they're not going to be able to interact with us. But um, from my own perspective, when I was living in France and I, have a, I had a strong accent trying to speak French and I just got sacked from jobs and told that they wouldn't deal with me and, you know, my accent was terrible and I just remember getting really badly discriminated against. So I, I do feel for people yeah. who get discriminated against for their accents. And, uh, and my husband as well is West African. He's from Ghana and people tend to put on this really deep kind of what they think of inverted commas African accent that he has, even though he's from a particular country. So he gets discriminated against for having an accent that he doesn't have at all. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel for people completely. And this happened to you personally, sorry, Denise, you said when you were in France. Yeah. Did I take that up yeah, right? So, yeah. Yeah, because I was I was I speak French, um, or so I thought. <laughs> I studied yeah. at university and, and lived there for a while, but I always have this Irish accent when I'm speaking it, um, and just they just didn't like the fact that I had an accent. I, you know, it just didn't go down well. Even though they could, you know, they knew what I was saying, they pretend they didn't, and they'd walk away from me, and it was just the most horrible feeling yeah. um, that you couldn't communicate with people, even though you were saying the right things, you just weren't saying it in the way they wanted to hear it. So I found that really, really difficult. And you were actually let go from jobs, you said, because of this? Yeah, I lost jobs in like restaurants and bars. Um, they'd say, look, do you know what? The customers just don't like interacting with you. Your accent is too strong. Um, you know, and what? you know, you're, you're an English person. <laughs> you're this and you're that. And I was like, well, I'm actually Irish. But I said, like, I'm always going to have a bit of an accent. Um, you know, and my grammar is correct. My vocabulary yeah, is correct. You can speak the language. Yeah, or even I'd come up to a table and I'd say, um, burger, you know, looking for who ordered the burger. And they'd all just be ignore me. And then I'd say, burger. And they'd say, oh, yeah, me, me. And I'd say, oh, come on. Didn't know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's to do with the accent is very, very, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a ground for discrimination, yeah. I find, definitely. So I'm kind of patient with people now, even if I think, their English, you know, they've just a bit of a, a strong accent that the English could be in there and the expressions are there. So just to give them a chance. Paul is on the line as well, Denise. Paul, you are another yeah. Donegal man. What's your experience of this? Oh, yeah, that's right, Ireland for Donegal. I used to be a, a tour guide too, driving the buses and coaches around Donegal, around the whole Ireland. Yeah. 
And I used to, actually was specialising on Australian tourists. And uh, they actually took it as part of part of the whole thing, actually trying to understand what I was telling them. They took it as part of the experience. They Did actually they? give a lot of, a lot of comments. Like, like, I have to slow down, you know, yourself. Yeah. Like, your friends only go, we speak very fast in the county yeah. compared to you. We do you speak ex- exceptionally fast. I I, yeah. uh, I get uh, given out to about that from listeners on a regular yeah, so basis. Yeah, so I probably have to slow down, probably slow down a little bit on this phone call at the moment but <laughs> they, they used to they used to laugh then ask you maybe afterwards what, what they after went past you know they used to tell them a, maybe a monument or some castle or something you know but they, they actually enjoyed the trying to understand what you were what, what we were saying you know and they took it part of the culture of Ireland they actually enjoyed it so they it worked it, it the worked they used to write cards and emails on to the buzz because you know, they had to went on the HQ and they were always complimenting on your accent and the Irish of us you know it's worked to your advantage then I'd worked on my advantage. Yeah. They, they give compliments and actually mark you. They, one of the guys came up and said, part of the experience was trying to understand you. <laughs> yeah. when, I, when I was in, uh, do, I did a J1 in America years ago and I absolutely played up everything I could about every Irish stereotype. It was great for tips. Yeah, yeah brilliant. Every, every, anything yeah, they yeah, wanted yeah. to say, I didn't, yeah. got great tips out of it. Yeah, and they play. I, I didn't go into the real Irish. I just stuck to it at the McDonagall side of things, but I then sometimes let them... Because where I'm from is Ulster Scotch plantation, you know, so we actually chat very broad, nearly like Scottish people. Yeah. You know, so I really remember I won like that. They would actually sort of, you know, Absolutely. Really Overemphasise it. Get the, the credit and the tips first. That's 100% what I do myself too. Paul, listen, thanks a million. Denise as well for getting in touch. Being Irish abroad has only ever worked to my advantage, says this texter. It's amazing what you can get away with. 53106 is the number if you want to get in touch. Tell us, how have you been perceived abroad? Um, still to come on the programme, Geraldine Herbert is going to be in to answer your motoring questions. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.